This podcast is sponsored by OMI, the company that makes CRM work. My guest today is Ludmila Kasileva, who is the CEO of Rampic. And Ludmila, I would love to just start by asking you, you were just telling me about your personal past. And you, you, know, you, you were born in Belarus and, and grew up in Russia. I think I have that right. And you've lived in a bunch of countries. How did you get here, living outside Washington, D.C., running Rampic? <laughs> Actually, I was born in Russia, but I, I got it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I, I came to the United States four years ago for a combination of business and uh, professional reasons and personal reasons. Uh, but first and foremost, I came here to get my third master's degree. I actually have three. The first one is in international law. The second one is in digital marketing from the University of East London. So that brought me to London for a couple of years. Uh, and the third one is from uh, the American University here in Washington, D.C. And this is MS Analytics. So I decided to leverage my professional knowledge with some academics background in uh, the area that I love. That's marketing and data. And this is what actually brought me here. Got it. And and take me through the journey to what you do now with Rampic. I mean, because it, it feels like a very modern business, something that is, is very applicable right in 2022. And so I imagine you, you've been part of this world for, for a while and, and something brought you here. I've been in the industry and in the online marketing industry for more than 17 years now, I guess. Uh, and uh, Rampic is the third reincarnation of the digital marketing agencies that I owned. And uh, I own it now. So we are a full cycle digital marketing agency. And we work with the B2B, SaaS, and IT companies. And we support our clients with the marketing strategy planning, lead generation planning, and of course, execution. So we provide services like niche analysis, competitive research, web analytics, SEO, paid ads, content marketing. So we are pretty much full cycle when it comes to digital marketing needs of like a B2B or a SaaS company. Gotcha. And so take me through how a company comes to Repic. What are they telling you they need help with? This is interesting because uh, as I've been around for a while, I saw how the um, intent and the petition potential kind of my client's uh, needs changed over time. So first we were hired just to do the job, uh, like run a search engine optimization campaign for a website or launch a seasonal PPC ads for for a particular business. But now the, uh, the need evolved to being more like the request for a dedicated, really professional online marketing team. So most often we act as a dedicated online marketing department for the for our clients where we substitute or facilitate, it really depends on the size of the business, uh, the online marketing expertise. We put together the team of professionals and we act like, you know, like as a SEAL team on the project uh, and we deliver the results that a single person possibly could not deliver for the business anymore. What I mean here is that the industry evolved so much, so one person just cannot know at all. One person cannot be an expert in SEO and content marketing and paid ads and web analytics and be like a Swiss army knife uh, for the business anymore. It's just too complex. That's, that's really interesting. And so just personally, is there one of these, one of these disciplines that you really love the most or are you, are you aggressive? <laughs> I, I still like, I, I can be flattering myself, but I can be like an old version, but still Swiss Army knife. I still can do most of the things like hands-on. Uh, and I do work with the clients directly, especially for busy kind of onboarding and the larger accounts uh, sometimes. But I believe that the best way to work now is still to have uh, a few people on the project who know what they're doing in their particular areas. 
So mm. this is how, uh, yeah, this is how we actually form the teams, uh, the project teams. We have the customer success manager, and this is the person who understands the business goals. And uh, we have the professionals working closely with him or with her to deliver specific tasks. We keep it under one roof. We keep it under the roof of customer success. And this is one of the initiatives that worked really great both for the clients and for the team. We introduced it uh, yeah, early this year. Okay, great. And, and give me some examples of clients that you have. I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to tell me some some names or or just like you know what, what kind of companies are they? What, what business? What, what what industries are they in? Like, just give me yeah, I, I hope I, I hope uh, Brett doesn't mind <laughs> <laughs> me sharing that OMI is our client for uh, for many years, and uh, we work with SaaS companies and IT companies. In uh, one of the most uh, recent parts of like patterns that we show that we saw in our client portfolio is the B two B SaaS. Uh, we can also work with B2C sales too. This is where like our specialty is, and this is where we would like to grow ourselves. Can you tell me what it has been like for over the past, say, I don't know, six, seven years, maybe five, six years, where it felt like SaaS companies were just sort of taking over the whole world. And now where, you know, there's like, you know, there's talk of recession, there are fears of, of this downturn and, and, and you know, things look a little different. How, how are companies operating and what, what were your engagements like during the really, really good times? And now how are they shaping up now that things seem a little dicier? Typically, as any other marketing costs, uh, this is this is something that we saw uh, on our agency partner. We got a lot of clients ordering more and more and more services over time, and then suddenly uh, they either drop off or, st- or start cutting costs like crazy. That's typical. That's not the first crisis uh, or not the first recession that I'm facing. Uh, this one is a little bit different with the speed how people uh, take decisions. So unfortunately, uh, we saw like a rapid shifts and changes in the contracts that we are currently managing. But it's not about the performance of my team. It's more about the product market feed. And, you know, like this is probably relates more to the customers of our customers. So that instability mm. uh, start, starts to affect them uh, harder and it hits them. And the first costs that usually people kind of cut down is either the ads spend and then marketing spend or simultaneously two of those. Gotcha. And and so what have you guys, you know, been doing to sort of support your clients as they try to navigate this? Uh, we are pretty much data-driven as a company. So we don't just uh, kind of run campaigns and look at the web analytics metrics um, and stuff like that. Of course, we do take in that into account. But what we tend to do with the B2B uh, and sales companies, we heavily rely and we heavily use the CRM data. So we designed an approach where we started to help the sales and uh, companies to look at their CRM data in a slightly different way. Uh, we call it advanced SaaS marketing metrics, and uh, I even kind of recorded a series of videos about it. So we try to employ data to avoid like, you know, panic mode. Uh, decisions and make sure that the CEOs and the executive team and the sales team and the marketing team of the business do look at their leads in a particular way. So we use CRM data to drive decisions. Let's say like hypothetically, we have uh, like an average size sales company. Uh, We have the CEO, we have the marketing department, and we have the sales department. Of course, there is a kind of marketing and budget spend. So we have a typical set of metrics everybody looks at. But uh, when we look a little bit deeper to the data that SaaS business typically has, uh, we can notice the metrics, for example, like disqualification rate. So everybody looks at SQLs, right? So sales qualification leads and the rates, and but uh, rarely people look at disqualification rate. It is This is how much you lose. This is how much you win. This is how much mm-hmm. you lose. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ways to quickly identify where the business is bleeding, where you put the budget that 
Like you shouldn't, you should not be doing that because like, if you just look at the cost per lead, cost per acquisition, it will give you some information about how much you're paying per lead. But if you look at the disqualification rate, it immediately kind of switches you to the mode where, Hey, here I'm losing money. This is exactly where I'm losing money. So this is pretty much effective. Uh, not too many businesses do that. And this is a perfect KPI for the marketing team. And this is the perfect KPI for like the uh, channel performance. For example, if your a specific campaign within your paid ads is driving your, your disqualification rate through the roof, you should not be spending too much there. You should be looking for the ways where you can get, kind of yeah, get better performance. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And so on, on Webpack's website, you guys, you know, you divide, you divide things up by size of the business and what the business focuses on. You know, you have everything from startups to, you know, SaaS companies. So I wonder, you know, how are these approaches different for various companies? Like, I know that's a very broad, <laughs> that's a very broad question. Maybe you could focus on, on SaaS companies and, and talk to me about like the biggest obstacles they face and how, yeah, how, how, how you guys approach that. Actually, uh, this is where we, we came to the conclusion that the company size does not really matter because mm. uh, the data, the data is pretty, it's pretty much the same. It's only mm. the volume of the data that you're dealing with but not the data itself and the metrics themselves. Mm. So for example, take like cost per demo. Uh, when like SaaS companies run demos, they have a metric which is cost per demo. Mm. Uh, that's going to be universal. Regardless the size of the company, you will mm -hmm. have a certain costs uh, attached to a demo. This is where like the data-driven or like advanced uh, metrics-driven approach really works because it helps to solve a really important problem. It aligns our marketing and sales team. Basically, what we try to help sales businesses with is to not just have the just sales and just marketing, but have like the growth department, growth team. Uh, and we do it through CRM data as well. And so, and so talk to me about for SaaS companies, like, what, are some, what are some obstacles you see? Like how do you help companies, you know, get past them or, or overcome them? One of the biggest concerns that we hear over and over and over from SaaS CEOs that we work with is that like never ending conflict between the sales and marketing department. Hmm. I guess like sales are saying like, Hey, we don't have enough good leads and marketing will be like, Hey, we've just sent you like a ton of leads, but you're not closing or you, you are not even kind of looking at them. Hmm. So kind of one of the uh, SaaS CEOs I talked to recently uh, told me like, Hey, they fight all the time. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, yeah, and actually, uh, this is where, like, a, maybe a couple of years ago, like five, seven years ago, uh, we were hired, as I said, like, to do like really specific tasks, just to run campaigns, uh, help with the content marketing, launch the seasonal offering support. Now, uh, the need is more into kind of in um, in the building the growth teams hmm. that will help CEOs to align the companies, the, the, the teams within their company, within their organization. This is where the proper analytics systems become really helpful. So what you do and what we do before we even start any kind of marketing recommendations, what to do with your SEO, uh, which keywords to target, or how much do I spend on Google Ads? We, we can't answer those questions, but our answers will be so much better if we look at the uh, leads quality by source and spend some time with sales and marketing team trying to understand uh, the pitfalls. And usually what we see is, A, businesses do not have the proper uh, analytic systems in place. They collect some data, but they don't use it as a system. This is where uh, we can help integrate mm. the web analytics, all the digital marketing data with CRM data, and it works so much better. We typically have a lot of insights straight away. This is what we do firsthand. We set up the analytic system. 
the second thing that we do, uh, we try to see if the teams or like the people within the sales company, like within the sales organization, if they are on the same page in terms of the CRM statuses. So do they call the same things, but the same names? Usually they don't. <laughs> so, usually the definition of a good lead, like for the sales accepted lead, sales qualified lead, marketing qualified lead, and everything and anything that they have in CRM, people just don't know how to how to read this data. And how can you make decisions if you just don't, don't call uh, same things by the same name? Like you are you're lost. Yeah, of course, <laughs> and I, I and I can see why I can see why the data comes in so handy with when these departments are squabbling. Like, oh, you didn't send us leads. Well, here they are. We <laughs> we're going to show them to you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is this is where we have like the uh, alignment session in place, where we hear like, uh, okay, sales, what is SQL for you? They tell us, and then we say marketing. Does it relate to you? They say, mm, yeah, maybe, yes, no, and 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 then we we develop some kind of like a glossary or at least like fixed set of statuses and say like, okay. So now we call those leads like MQLs, DC sales accepted leads or SALs and so on and so forth. And only then we, we can start uh, looking into marketing budgets, the channels and do the actual implementation because then we can uh, shout to the sales floor, hey, we generated five SQLs um, yesterday. How's the quality? How do you see those leads? Is it relevant? Mm. So what we do as a consultant before we start doing actual marketing work, um, we try to see how we can align uh, both sales and marketing teams through data, through their own CRM data, not anything external, something that we invented. No, uh, something that they already have in the business, but don't use um, as a like proactively as a tool to help them be on the same page. We noticed uh, in one of the most recent projects we worked with uh, that the sales cycle length was over 180 days. Hmm. This is how poorly uh, uh, the sales cycle was designed. And uh, when we sent them a bunch of really good leads, uh, our message to their kind of executive team was, if you keep your sales cycle the same length, like 180 days, uh, you will have to wait at least half a year before you see those leads working. So our suggestion would be to see if we can customize a workflow or see what we can do to speed up the sales cycle. We can continue sending you those kind of marketing qualified leads and spend your budgets uh, over and over, but uh, our recommendation would be actually to align the teams together and see how you can get the value. So this is the kind kind of feedback that their CEO was really happy to hear, uh, although she was really surprised to see uh, the real uh, kind of <laughs> lengths of those kind of sales cycle stages. <laughs> I can I can sympathize with that feeling of shock, and I'm glad I know this finally. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. wow. And it's it's you know like this is this is the results evaluation culture, right? It's not just the mortgage. It's not just the sales, it's uh, how you look at your data together. If you set up the cadence of meetings and uh, you look just at the numbers all the time, uh, you know, like people conflicts, team conflicts, they don't just go away, but they fade away a little bit and everybody becomes more productive and more aligned. Yeah, you're not just marketing. You're also uh, like a therapy session for the uh, for the, for the business. <laughs> yeah, they can finally talk, right? <laughs> and, uh, they, can, they, they can talk to data uh, and, you know, like numbers don't lie or if they do lie, they don't do it so often as people. So, uh, uh, like data alignment is uh, is pretty it's, uh, it's a really cool thing. Ludmila, this has been really fascinating. I wonder if you could tell our audience where they can find more about Rambic and how to get in touch with you. Sure, our website is really simple: rambic.agency. And uh, you can always connect with me uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, just uh, I think my my last name is pretty much unique. And if you like search me on LinkedIn as Ludmila Kisileva, you'll definitely find me. 
it will be in the show notes. Um, I'm sure people will come out and reach out. And thank you for your time today. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate the conversation. Thank you. That was a great pleasure. Thank you so much.